Welcome to the K Podcast. I am here tonight with Justin Doherty, who is someone I actually know from many, many years back when he used to be one of the um, two people that ran Filmstock, um, one of the probably the best film festival experience I've ever actually had, um, just because it was it was designed specifically for filmmakers. Um, and it, in fact, uh, it, it recently reappeared after finishing quite a few years ago, wasn't didn't it, Justin? Was that the was that the twelfth year twelfth year of it? Yeah, we we called it we called it Filmstock Twelve uh, just to conf- confuse people um, who who hadn't heard of it locally, <laughs> like they'd uh, as if they'd missed out on something. Yeah, I you know Neil and I had sort of we'd never really thought about revisiting it. We we sort of thought that at one point another film festival might emerge and be a new incarnation but it didn't feel like that was part of the plan certainly uh, as you know we you know we used to work together day to day but neil now works and lives in falmouth so it's a big distance when you're trying to run different creative projects and so we very much were once uh, neil moved away we were very much in you know in line with sort of we can probably do one creative project together what's that going to be and that's going to be a film and then so we didn't feel there was space for some of the other ventures that we had been doing up to, up to that point which was sort of anything from sort of comedy shows to uh running a creative space and just doing all sorts of you know other sorts of film ventures so it was very much concentrated on, on the film and then i think you know i i probably am the one who always teased him along the way of like oh should we you know should we should we start that up again and you know i'm, I'm already saying it to him about you know number 13 well you know when should we do that number 13 should we just get some dates penciled in the diary um so i'm probably i'm probably always the one sort of you know holding the match up you know hoping that it'll it'll you know catch a flame there and um you you must have had lots of you must have had a fair few alumni though coming up to you and asking you to to bring it back because it was it was really popular with the filmmakers it was yeah and i think um i mean people always said it you know all the filmmakers i think always said it sort of knowingly they they knew what went into it and they knew that it you know that it is an all-consuming thing to run a festival. Anyone who runs a festival, whether it's a two-day festival or a, a you know a two-week festival, it's it does take part of your you know does take a big chunk of your life out of you know. And we 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 always felt that while we were running that and while we were the engine that that ran it, the two of us you know, from the beginning to the end, we felt it would never allow us to have other space in our year to you know make what we wanted to make and and also you know, live and make money and you know money to eat and things like that you know, just the, <laughs> the essentials um, <laughs> those things we can't forget about uh, so we you know we it was it always felt like the right time and we were often you know sort of our creative work has often run that path in a sort of feeling like that's the right time to end it you know we, we've done what we can do there and could it go in different directions yes is that you know are we the ones to do that or you know should we move on to something else and we're very always about sort of you know leaving on a high um some of our favorite tv shows are all shows that left on left on their high you know you know and um you don't want the uh don't want to get to season nine where the actors all look a bit bit flabby and lazy and you know and the, the storylines are all kind of you know trailing off we wanted it to be sort of tight and be like that was it that was the burst of film stock um 2000 to 2009 and, and and feel really proud of that and not feel like we had got distracted and then it, it sort of it trail off uh, and we'd always had a great team of people helping us but we never no one ever came along that wanted to or even we felt you know 
would sort of necessarily t- take it on. You know, and we're very. I mean, there's a there's a, another film festival in in Luton now where Filmstock was that uh, started up. It's a very different ethos and stuff, but I'm you know it's great. You know, I, we wanted to go to someone else's film festival locally. You know, <laughs> it'd be quite nice to just just attend things. So a lot of filmmakers did say to us, "Oh, you should do it again." But you know, they you know. You know, as being filmmakers who know what it takes to make a film, also knew what it took to make a festival, and you know they sort of said it nostalgically and you know with a, with a bit of a wink. A lot more locals and, and friends sort of wanted us to do it. You know, not necessarily thinking about you know what it took to to put on, but you know you forget you know you forget about the the pains of labour, and you know t- ten years later. <laughs> um, but again, coming back was it was. You know, the promise I said to Neil was that, you know, let's just, you know, we do it on our own steam. You know, it doesn't have to be anything else. We it can be exactly what we want it to be. Um, it can be as long as we want it to be. It can be the format. There's no, we're not, there's no expectations about it. We don't know if people will remember it or will, do people even want to watch films in the same way, you know, in, in smaller festivals like that. Big festivals always attract the big films and you have that. You know, you're always going to have that kind of pomp around it all. But when you're a smaller festival, you know, people are accessing their content in just different ways and having different cinema experiences. And where does a where does a piece of cinema end and where does a video clip begin? And so, I, you know, it's interesting to see whether do people want that communal experience here. You know, and I was I was doing other projects in Luton and I built a jazz club in Luton and I was seeing. I was seeing these people come and they were coming to access different stuff still and they were still hungry for for other things, be it the jazz that we put on or be it the spoken word stuff that happened in the venue or, or anything. And I just, there was a particular event that a, a dancer had organised and they, they used the, the Bear Club and I thought, yeah, the, there's still the people here who want who want that. And I said to Neil, I think let's just try, let's just try bringing it back and we'll, we'll change the format because then we can reinvent it and we can reinvent it every time we do it. Uh, maybe ne- the next film stock will be a day. You know, who knows? It can be whatever. You know, it can be whatever we want it to be because we, uh, you know, we never designed the festival by looking at other festivals. We designed it for us, for our town. We designed it for films we wanted to show. And I think that has that sort of stayed true in the sense. It's just like, what did we want it to be? We wanted it to be a reunion. We wanted it to be just another creative project for us to do while we were seeing what happened with wilderness and its distribution you know we we weren't sure when we'd make another film so it was a a, a great way to work together you know and just do something that we could do from afar and you know watch the entries and decide on that and and there were just a nice there was a nice little uh there's a nice little symbiosis of, of, of venue opportunity here with my neighbors who have a great building and and the club and the building we used to use, which had just been refurbished, and it just seemed like a nice way to kind of create like a little triangle of venues and and do something a bit different. So yeah, Filmstock Twelve was a yeah was born and was a sort of three and a half day thing. Did you use the Hat Factory at all? For yeah, the, for it then. Yeah, we used it as really just as a as a screen. You know, they were very supportive, and and, and the person who runs that now, she was very keen for us to you know we'd, we'd had our ups and downs with the space let's put you know say politely in terms of our last you know it was a very hard building to work in 10 years ago and we didn't we didn't want that so we'd rather not use that and and have that and we didn't we knew we didn't need to necessarily think about having a 300 seater screen anywhere we weren't going to be doing those sorts of movies we just wanted interesting spaces to show shorts and documentaries in and maybe a feature if it was the if it was if it was the right thing and so we 
we just really used it as a as a, as a screen. You know, the whole festival centre was at my neighbour's place, which is an interesting kind of youth charity building, and it's kind of got a kitchen space, which we turned into a pop-up restaurant space, and we built a coffee shop, which was sponsored by um, La Chimbley, the coffee brand, and they they put in all these machines for us, so we could then just make coffee, and just we also trained people how to be baristas in the run-up to the festival, so, um, uh, through the Prince's Trust, and so we it kind of had all the classic film stock elements of of you know using the space to also like educate and inform at the same time and and uh you know old friends from the festival came and they catered you know we you know if you if you got the main ticket to the event you kind of got fed you know we wanted to feed every part of you not just your eyes and your ears but if you took your pass down to the mess hall you'd you know tonight on the menu is this and you you kind of get you didn't have to leave the compound i think this is what we liked you know we wanted to you know because the, the town has changed quite a lot and it we used to take people, you know, sixty people to a restaurant at the end of the night and just all kind of have a communal meal and stuff. But those those places aren't really here anymore, and it's a different sort of space. And we knew we'd have a more compact amount of time to do the festival, and so we just thought we really want to just make sure everyone sort of stays in the in the in the compound <laughs> without sounding like a festival prison. Um, and because that's. That's the way you to do your time. <laughs> yeah, that's the way you don't miss people because you know the, the worst thing at a festival is is kind of really hoping you'll catch the person who made that film, and then you're they're always at the venue across the other side of the city, you know. And it's just these the gigantic festivals which just have these huge programs. I find there's sometimes a disjoint in actually meeting the filmmakers you want to to meet and cross paths with, and that's that was always more of our focus than spreading too wide. Was just keep everyone there so you are going to bump it you know i am going to bump into you a few times a day and we are going to be like oh what have you seen and what have you seen oh i'm just going to get my vegetable chili and you know i'm going to get a coffee you know that that kind of you know festival environment is a festival at the end of the day and i think festivals can fall into the trap of just being screenings i was really fortunate to go in 2008 i sadly only got the chance to go to go once um but before I only got to discover it a couple of years before it, it finished, but it was what really struck me when I was there certainly was that it it was the the kind of spirit of the festival. I mean, it felt like it was really made out of love. It didn't feel like it was made just to capitalise on being a film festival or to, you know, show the, necessarily the, the 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 biggest or the most sort of widely marketed films. It felt like it was made by a couple of filmmakers that really loved movies but also that love people and that loved you know getting people together and having that communal experience and you know what you're describing now with with film stop 12 i think was exactly the the ethos of it certainly when i experienced it you know it was it was brilliant it was great you could just you could be there you could talk to the other filmmakers um and like you said you know you would bump into everyone repeatedly even just even when it was just at the hat box within that space you would keep bumping into each other and talking and and it just had that lovely authentic festival feel to it like you said you know so i think that was that that for me is what stuck out and certainly other filmmakers i've i've talked to who've been to film stock you know that's what they always remember as well the kind of ethos and the feeling of it oh i guess it, i mean it was a happy accident in a way i mean we were you know 19 when we were cook, kind of cooking it up and you know we were kind of really naive and kind of you know but ambitious in the same kind of if you look back at some of our 19 year old business plans they are the most hilarious but kind of inspiring bits of A4 paper, you know. <laughs> the, the, the aspirations we had of what it was going to be was just really kind of, yeah, really naive. But as And you can just see, oh, here are two guys who just really love love movies and want to just 
be in the same room with the, the other people watching those movies and then it as it became evident that people would send films because we, we didn't really have any film festival experience I'd, I'd had one i'd been at a youth film festival with a, a film i'd made at sixth form college and that was sort of it really that was the only you know festival i'd ever been to and uh i i think when we realized that there was a world where people sent films and then those films could start coming from other countries and then oh shit we better make sure that if someone comes from another country that they have a good time and that they're you know we look after them in the way that you <laughs> you would because um and so that just that was it was natural because we kind of like we opened the door and then we we're like oh all right oh yeah i see how it's going to work and so and that bit grew and then at the same time in terms of you're saying about you know being in a space together i think if you follow a line through you know certainly you know neil as well but particularly i suppose the things i've done for the last 20 years it's been about making spaces for things it's almost as important as you know the thing itself so i the jazz club i made is not because i'm a jazz fanatic i know a reasonable amount but certainly <laughs> certainly you could probably ask me a jazz question now and i wouldn't know the answer you know i'm not a jazz nut but what it was about was making a different sort of space and jazz helped focus it into that in the same way that there was no film provision in Luton 20 years ago for doing that. So fi film helped to sort of wave the flag and say, if you like different stuff, we're over here. And so, you know, with the with the music venue and the, and the jazz club, it was like, if you want a different sort of artistic experience in the town, this is where it's going to be. And so, um, and it's and that was sort of what it was all about. It's making it so you, when you walk through the door, you feel like you found somewhere to be. Because I'm speculating here, but I'm imagining that, that that kind of ethos and mentality was something that you guys probably took on to to Wilderness as well. Because I know that with Wilderness, um, it was I know that it was part of the the scheme that was set up at Falmouth, and obviously it was it was making a film, but it was also an experience where people could learn, where people were were sort of being taught, as well as the fact that you guys obviously were passionate about making the film that you wanted to make, but also it became a kind of learning experience for these other other filmmakers or people that wanted to get into films. So, I mean, talk, talk to us a little bit about that. How did, how did the whole process come about? Because it it's, 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 it's a unique project, really, in many ways, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're right. That is That was carried over to the film, that sort of nature of of, of teaching and education with, within it but not an educational in that in that standard sense you know we, we never ran you know we don't want to run a course on doing that but but by you know being involved in the festival or being by being involved in the film you buy you you know you are lifted in a certain sense further in the direction direction you want to be and let's you know flip the coin over and just say for a second that of course this is also massively beneficial to us you know you know this i, th I suppose that way of thinking started out because you know going back to the beginning of the festival which is also the beginning of us making films and doing any kind of project it was about us kind of saying please come and help you know and and when you need that help you know and you you find that actually the most the most valuable help is the people who want to then not just your mates who are going to help you you know because you know you need help setting up a thing and they, they come and help you but people actually who who, who want to learn that and that's where we we just we always found value and you know and it was it was a nice reciprocal you know, arrangement you know we needed keen bodies and they you know they got access into something and it's i guess because we 
we didn't get that and so i think we're always keen to open the door in that way I, i'm from a family of teachers so it's that side of things is very is, is you know always felt very natural natural to me and my job you know uh my, my job my only ever job job was working at a sick form college where neil and i met I, I didn't go to university i stayed there and worked and i, I worked as a technician in the theater department and and that and that was all about just kind of you know if you want to put on a show everyone has to learn how to do it and that was usually about me taking them through that and how to light shows and you know do the sound desk and all that sort of stuff so that it started very early on in a sense you know um and then so that followed through into into us again you know it was the, the filmmaker in residence program which is you know what neil set up at falmouth it was sort of you know he they didn't come up with the idea and say which member of staff wants to do this it was like he and he, you know, he he came up with that project because after you know looking you know studying that as part of his PhD, you know he he realised that there was there was an, an interesting lack of how film schools and universities prepare filmmakers of the future, and and it's not that necessarily bad jobs are being done but just there is was an opportunity for a different way to do it that we we hadn't seen and and it. And it correlated with the way we always made stuff. You know, all our shorts were teaching projects because there was always a handful of people, and only a handful, but there were people who were like, next time you make something, can can I sit in, you know? Our editor on Wilderness, Steve, he started projecting at Filmstock and was like, oh, next time you edit a short film, can I sit in on the editing? And then he, he sat in and did that, and now he's editor extraordinaire to the to the rich and famous. So, you know, it that... That is the sort of you know that is the line which we we wanted it to to be, um, but we got it out of it because Steve worked amazingly hard for us and did all all the different projects because he was there and he was saying yes, you know yes I'll I'll, I'll do that. So that I think that's it was sort of a, a, a two coin thing really. Uh, Neil identified this this way in which we could make something and it and then he thought that if he brought me in I'd be the one who might be able to make that work as a you know make a film at the same time as structuring it as a teaching thing because we'd done that before so you know we were very much gelling all these different ideas all with the goal of just which way can we make a feature film <laughs> how, yeah. how are we going to do it ultimately you know and it was all it was, i mean there's a whole selfish streak through this it was all about like we want to make a film together we're now 300 miles apart we're not sure how we're going to fund that what are the ways we've done it before? How can we do that? We where are our skills? Let's create a project, you know, and um, and that's that's so the filmmaker in residence program was was born, uh, and so yeah, but I, I mean it's interesting though because I mean obviously you know as filmmakers you want to produce films, but I think what really strikes me about and what really struck me when when Neil was talking about the um, the filmmaker in residence project as well is that. It, it's got that tremendous communal feel to it because yeah sure you guys get to make a feature film which is brilliant because it's 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 what you want to do and it's something you're passionate about but the project itself becomes a vehicle for really giving students an opportunity to learn about filmmaking that I just don't think they would get at pretty much any other film school because I mean you know you traditionally go to film school you make short films you're, you're trained in the craft and in the different specific areas um but actually to have the opportunity to crew on a feature film 
and then you know uh, and have that full-on experience i think is is brilliant and it's 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 a great way as well of of you know like you said of also being able to get get the film made it's got that kind of feel of it that it's you know it's not it's not the kind of industrial side of it it's more the kind of let's get together and make something creative that's it i mean you that's it you know we we just that's the bit we love we love just being out making stuff you know and having solving the problems and you know you know that morning when you kind of got everyone gathered around the you know the camper van and you got the coffee on the go and you're going to make something that day you know that's what we we love what's what we missed we like bringing people into that we like what they get out of it we love what we get out of it um and so a bit like in the way i was saying about the festival we we structured film stock 12 the 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 kind of you know the comeback 10 years later we structured it in a way where we were just like it doesn't matter what it is it's just about doing it we took the pressure because you can i think you can get into a corner when you're a filmmaker whether it's a short or whether it's a feature but i think particularly when it's about that first feature because there's a certain feeling like oh maybe there's only i'll only get to do this once if i get the money together you know there's all that and so you can kind of not do it because you you keep on putting it putting it off and we put it off you know we we put it off for a long time because our projects were too ambitious or we thought we were just sort of waiting for that third wheel that producer that we kind of really want and still need you know that we want to be that other person that helps us drive it and pick up where we don't have the energy to pick it up and and sort of you know push us in other ways and kind of you know um you know we've never that's always been a missing element that we that we recognize and you can kind of make all these excuses and keep on putting off making a film and so we we wanted to take all that pressure off and really just it came down to like why don't we just design this project with the with the university that is you know whatever happens at the end of it whatever happens after 10 12 days of filming it doesn't matter what we've got we want to try and make a good film you know we'll try and make a good film but we don't we don't only want anything we don't have to send it anywhere you know it doesn't have to be the important thing is the experience of making it that we get back on set making stuff that we teach people how to do it and we have that camaraderie that you spoke of of just being there doing it the theater troupe i mean yeah we're kids of the theater you know that's you know always always you know always goes back to the theater um certainly for me you know it's it's the theater is what lifted me out of being a depressed teenager you know at high school i just hated school until a teacher was like do you want to do the lights and it it took me out of a complete hole you know as a as a 12 year old and and that and so that and then that once i was in that theater world then you know that was it and so that does carry through there you can draw that you can draw that line from from mr wollaston saying he rec- recognizing it and just and sort of giving giving that opportunity and that has you know been sort of trying to pay it back i guess but um and so that was that was where we took the pressure off and suddenly then it all became easy for us because we were like okay so let's all the ideas we've had before about films none, none of them are going to work but not they're not going to work in cornwall we need a new story that that we need to be you know the classic independent film tropes we need it to be a small cast it needs to be quite affordable you know in, in all the senses um and we just you know we let's not make it you know let's, let's not overreach let's just see what can we do and we thought about uh this sort of story was reoccurring to Neil about a about a relationship, and we'd we'd both within you know living memory of the start of wilderness had had sort of 
difficult relationship, you know, uh, uh, beginnings and endings, you know, and, and all of that. And so we were quite interested in exploring that and, and what it what it feels like at the beginning of love and, and, and what's real and what isn't. And so we, we talked a lot about that. And then we thought, well, if we can make a film in, if we can make, tell that story in 10 scenes, we film a scene a day. Yeah. I love that. I love that plan. I love that. I, 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 I saw that in the list of things you sent over. That's, that's such a great plan though. You know, 10 scenes, scene a day, 10 days, you're done. It's a great way. I think it's a really simple way, but a really effective way to approach it. And we knew we yeah. were kidding ourselves in that it would get more complicated because, yeah. but what it did was it kind of let us breathe a little bit and go, okay, actually we can do that. And maybe the film will feel a bit theatrical. Maybe it'll feel a bit, you know, we know it's going to be quite dialogue heavy. Maybe that'll be it. But that is, that is, that is what we're going to make. And we're going to see what comes out of that. And again, it brought into, it brought in all our favorite things about, you know, it was going to allow the actors to explore a lot and all those theatrical elements of just you know working with the actors and sort of seeing where it went and we we wanted to make a film with a very in a very loose nod to John the John Cassavetes style of filmmaking where we just it was going to be an actor's piece and we were going to create a scenario where we had a framework of a script but then what we did was let you know try to capture what was between the lines you know uh, across that across that time so um yeah i guess we it was about pulling the wool over our own eyes so we didn't talk ourselves out of it yeah but, okay yeah. seen a day yeah all right well i, I want to come back a little bit to the actors in a second because obviously because there were some brilliant performances in it and it'd be great to talk a little bit about the process of of working with them on it but the notion of shooting it as 10 scenes and a scene a day over 10 days there's a kind of dogma quality to that and I just wondered whether that also I know you said it kind of simplified it but at the same time was that creative restriction quite useful in just in terms of actually structuring it in terms of putting the story together thinking okay let's let's use this as the kind of framework and try and fit it within that or is that not really how you approached it um well I guess a lot of that would have been is for Neil really in a sense like he then had the task of you know structuring that you know and writing that script but it certainly I think f knowing that we were setting the parameters of like we're basically taking a relationship from here to here you know and, wh and how does that break down and where you know how do we make it interesting along the way who else is in the film and who interacts with them and I think um, but I I think restrict yeah I think restrictions are always always useful <laughs> because yeah, no, yeah. No, absolutely um, yeah I mean we I mean we and we still had you know masses of restrictions along the way you know we didn't have we mm. still didn't have much money to make it um in in the scheme of things you know um because uh, even though we you know we weren't uh, we, had, we had a you know our student crew who were learning on the job you know everyone's still got to eat Everyone's still got to get places. Everyone's still got to stay places. You know, so, you know, it was, we we knew we had to keep it, you know, quite, quite restrictive. But also, also logistically, you know, you know, if, if we were going to make it in 10 days, we knew, it, we knew it had to be, you know, where were our, you know, where was our locations going to be within Cornwall and all those practical things, you know, we, we tried not to have the restrictions design the film, but we, we did get to points where I think, I think also Neil, you know, Neil wrote, a lot of scenes you know so they were they were there as frameworks you know so we could then 
be more ambitious and place that scene somewhere else. You know, if that scene took place in a car, it doesn't have to take place in a car. We can we can take it out of the car and put it somewhere else. And we could we could expand on it because there wasn't a preciousness about that. Because what the film is is kind of almost a memory of this this weekend. You know, it as as the jazz sort of motifs go in the film you kind of there's a lot of repetition and the repetition of of memory and how he might remember it and how she might remember it lines are repeated and slightly differently and in different places certainly in the beginning that beginning where they're they're in love and they've just met and they're just everything's perfect and they they're having this conversation about his jazz touring and places they love and stuff and we see that same conversation happening in bed. We see it happening on the way on their journey to their place. Because when you think back at those those beginnings, you know the sense of what that feeling was like, of being with someone and being wrapped up in someone. But you can't always place where those things happen. So we wanted that sort of that messiness of of uh, of two people just kind of kind of clashing, you know, uh, you know, emotionally at the beginning, and just that, and then and then letting it sort of drain out from there so i i guess you know we put that we other restrictions if i can call them that or that was that we wanted you know that that to unfold you know to be like a burst at the beginning like it feels like and then you know we, we knew we were telling the sort of the difficulties of their relationship in, in a, a series of heightened circumstances i mean it's a very stylized script it's all it's all it's all quite out of body some of it you know the memory of, you know, pe- people are saying these sort of perfect lines to each other that are very kind of, you know, specific, you know, and yeah, people don't always talk like that, but that's it's 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 memory of these things. It's it's very stylized in that way to feel you know, heightened and and kind of like we're in the we're in the bubble with them. I wonder what the relationship was like between you and the actors in the script as well, because you talk about it being. Influenced by Cassavetes, you know, and and I know that his style was very, obviously, being an actor, his style was was very much about performance, but he was very improvisational as well, you know, in the way that he approached it. So, you you talked a little bit there about Neil's script being um, kind of a framework. Was that was that the same with with, with dialogue? Did you pretty much strict uh, stick to the written word, or was there a lot of space for improvisation and you know playing about with the scenes? How how strict were you? There was that? a lot of. Sp- there was space for improvisation there's it's i mean it's it's very close it's very close to what's scripted you know the the actors really did you know they liked that and responded you know responded to that i think i think where the improvisation occurred was more you know, between the lines you know um and because it was a 62 page screenplay so there was space you know purposely you know neil wanted you know he left space where it's just you know it might say they swim or so you know and so we he even did a a a version we call we called the wild reformat where he in those spaces he put questions and you know and and other thoughts sort of thoughts in there to sort of to show where you know things might and could go so yeah they they, it's it's very close it's very close to the script in terms of dialogue um and then there's these sort of you know these extra moments which sort of you know bring it to a feature sort of feature film length i think where it changes is where the things were set you know i think the main the main sort of change in terms of like where where the improvisation came was that i 
there's a there's a particular pivotal scene where there's, there's sort of an argument after a party and um it's you know it's scripted you know with them with them having this argument after the party uh, you know in their bedroom where they're staying but i i wanted to introduce a different way of of of, of working with the actors on that and we you know the expect their lovers away for the weekend and the expectation is that if they're lovers they they'll be making love after the party and and i wanted we wanted to explore how the how the the sex changed as well in in a very not in a not in anything you know um not in like really specific ways but just the way we sort of see them being intimate from beginning to end and that is the sort of middle bit and there's and so it sort of, it sort of became the scene where their the expectation is of them to be together but they can't help say these words to each other which still results in a in a sort of fight but they're sort of fighting at the same time as kissing and, and it's just, it's just um, it was an you know Neil was really great at letting sort of take that and sort of say okay let's let's do that and let's put it in this scenario let's have these lines said in this it's not it's not a one-on-one conversation now you know in, in a bedroom while they undress you know undress uh, opposite sides of the bed they're you know they're coming together and having this conversation which is more difficult that way and so i think improvisation happened more in that sort of way and at the party scene as well there wasn't ever a that there's a sort of particular sort of what i call the dance scene which makes it sound more elaborate than it is um at the end of the the party before the scene I just talked about, they they've been at their their friend's house and it hasn't gone particularly well. It's just a there's just a clash of there's a clash of characters and there's a there's this misinformation given and you know alcohol has flowed and and in the ways you learn about you often learn about someone you're with <laughs> the first time you get drunk together um, and uh, we wanted that there was nowhere there's a sort of certain point where you either just like leave the party and cut to the next scene or you do something else at the party and the party had the party felt like it had more places to go but there certainly wasn't more to be said in dialogue terms and so i'd i'd been listening to a lot of particular jazz music and sort of you know 60s film jazz music um and there was a particular track that was sort of in, in my head a lot and I said oh let's just sort of do this thing where we you know Alice is mucking around with the stereo because there's they've got all these jazz stuff there from their past and they put on this thing and it just gave the characters an opportunity to sort of let loose a lot and it tells a lot of stories of there's sort of a you know a lot of lustful lines between between the characters that we draw and and it just gave the film that that bit of a different dynamic um uh, again just between in, in the in the gaps between the the dialogue that was already written so so i think that's where improvisation happened happened the most but neil was always on set you know there's a great thing often uh, it wasn't always improvisation it might have been a lot of the actors would just you know go and chat to neil about you know if they if they wanted to change something they didn't you know we had the luxury of neil being there all the time you know so he could talk about it or just you know tell them why he'd worded it this way very specifically um and you know so it, that was kind of a luxury as well so was there was there that kind of freedom for you from the other side as well because i mean you were dp on this as well as director because i think your dp got deported yeah Is that right yeah he did <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. so so you ended up shooting it as well as as well as obviously directing it so i'm curious because of there was that um that sense of freedom 
for the performance side of it did that did that seep into the 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 way that you shot it as well was it quite sort of free flow or was it was it very pre-planned and sort of pre-organized i don't know i mean it it looks like i thought it would you know but that's not to say i pre-visualized it you know in that way uh in the way i might have done with earlier films i think it was more free-flowing but again being a you know certainly with some scenes we just didn't always have the luxury of knowing how the scenes you know how they would play out in the spaces we had until we were in the spaces it's often the way isn't it with the indie movie you know you get access to a location and you've kind of that's it you kind of you got you don't get to rehearse much there or, or anything and we, we didn't do much rehearsal at all we just we talked a lot about stuff and then we we just we, we rolled because we wanted it to sort of be fresher um, i guess that's what i mean as well just be, because if you're on camera as well as directing you you've got that freedom to to follow the action as well as you know as well as having a, a preconceived idea of how you're going to shoot it and what's what's going to happen within that if there's that freedom for them i guess there's that freedom for you as well to improvise yeah a little bit in the moment and to 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 get a, a more fluid feel to it because it it, it did feel like that at times. It had that kind of almost Terence Malick feel, as if that you were just capturing the action as it, as it occurred. Yeah, and just going with kind of gut on where, yeah, where to go. So I think that was, yeah, that was. It's 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 very weird to think of that the film would have been a very, yeah, you know, would have been a very different film had had you know had had the DP it was going to have, and you know, he would have shot it very differently, you know, and. Uh, it is again it's this is back to it being it's being the sum of its parts it, it is the result of those 12 days and what happened in those 12 days is that yeah i ended up doing more you know more physical filming than i was, I was going to but i think what it did do was it, it you're right it lended certainly an intimacy between myself and then john and alice the two main characters particularly in that scene I just spoke about where we, we changed it into a kind of, you know, a fight and a love scene. At the same time, that was us. You know, there was just three of us rolling around on that bed. You know, that was, there was nothing, there was no loss in translation between what I wanted to get and them. We had this, you know, really nice trust between us about where, where what we were going to do. And we just did it. And I, and I love, I mean, I love, I love that kind of filming. And I, and I, I loved film. Yeah, I love shooting it. To be honest, I, I I really got a kick out of it. Um, you know, it did. It did. You know, it added other other stresses in, in different ways. But you know, everyone when you have a an issue like that in a film, everyone tends to step up a bit, don't they? And everyone kind of like, okay, well, we've we've had a we've had a problem, <laughs> and let's all let's all j- just kind of notch up a gear. Um, but I felt I f- I feel it did add, yeah just a totally different level of sort of sort of personal i don't know it, it, it followed my eye i guess you know in, in the most extreme way um and do you think the technology helped with that as well because i mean i know that you mentioned that it was shot on um sony alpha cameras so I, again going back to cassavetes i was thinking that one of the things that he talked about sometimes was the fact that because he shot on 16 mil it felt like it felt a lot more like almost more like a documentary like you didn't have the apparatus of of a of a great big you know studio film with an enormous cameras and huge um 10k lights blasting down what have you yeah, so two I hours to reposition that, it yeah yeah exactly i imagine shooting on you know on sony alpha cameras it again had a similar kind of intimate feel where you could just get in there and it was almost like you weren't 
not that you weren't there, but it had a much more intimate, almost um, almost homemade feel to it. In I don't mean that in a negative way. No. I just mean in the sense that you know the, the actors could probably feel freer in that sense because they didn't feel as they were, as if they were being observed in the same way as they would if it was on a yeah. On I think a there's the, the, there's the tendency when you're you know uh, a filmmaker, certainly when you're younger, to kind of you know it's all about the gear, isn't it? It's all about the rig and you know when you're when you're shooting stuff and. I was very lucky when, when we did lose our DP. I managed to find someone locally who was, you know, really talented young guy called Ryan Sharp, and he um, he was just really great at just sort of being backup. And he he ran a lot of the second camera. We had a, we had two Sony Alphas cameras, so we often we often shot you know, scenes, you know, with two cameras anyway. And so he he did the other one. He did a lot of the you know sort of the setting up of the lights and stuff. So it didn't. I wasn't being taken away from the actors, you know, at that point. But yeah, those cameras, you know, and often. That's the thing. Often with those, even with those cameras, you'd start on you'd start them on a slightly bigger rig because you think you'd need this and that because you know you're going to be. But I, you know, when we certainly were on the beach scenes and in the cove and stuff, and there's just the waves. It's, you can see in the behind the scenes stills. I've just by by the end of the day, I've just stripped it all off and I'm holding the thing like a stills camera again because it's just the the maneuverability it gave and the, the, those cameras are so brilliant you know i think it's still stand up now i'm amazed you know people are always amazed that it was shot on those when they see it on a big screen because it comes it still it just holds up we pushed them right to the limit of of of, of capability but well i mean it, it looks it looks beautiful it looks it looks beautiful and cinematic but i mean i think that's i think that's that's also just um uh you know we we live in a really incredible time now where you can shoot stuff on you know whether it's whether it's Sony or Canon or Blackmagic cameras, you can shoot stuff on DSLR sized cameras, which which are stand up to cinema quality viewing experiences. You know because the quality of, of that that equipment is just incredible these days. And I th- I mean I love it. I th- I've, I get a sense that everything's moving smaller anyway. Even at the sort of higher end with things like Aries and things like that, every, everything seems to be getting smaller. And the portability of it is always a huge huge gain. Um, I mean, I shoot, with, uh, you know, for my own stuff with the Black Magic, and again, it's just it's lovely having that small, compact ability to just sort of really get in there and feel like you can you can be intimate and not feel like you're too intrusive, but also, you know, that you're not compromising on the quality of the of the finished film and the look of it. Yeah, because another thing that sort of tied into what you're saying about the, the Casavetti's thing and the you know the 16 mil stuff, you know, you you know, and it being about performance is that we weren't, you know, and you can see it in the final film, we're not we're not hung up about it being technically perfect you know there might be a slightly off focus rack that was just done you know i'm doing that you know i'm not even with a follow focus just like you know so it's not you know it's not really a comfortable way to to sort of focus for video as opposed you know and uh certainly around the dinner table stuff because yeah again it's reacting to things that are happening but the moments we love the moment and so it goes in the film and you can see that a lot in in and a lot of his work and a lot of other other work like that. It's just, I mean, just it's off, you know, it's on focus, it's whatever, but it's about, oh, yeah, but that moment is is what it's all about. Um, and so there's a lot of that in it. So we weren't, and we weren't also just, there wasn't, well, there weren't, aren't elaborate tracking shots or, or, or anything like that in it. It's quite, you know, I mean, we've got some, you know, stuff where we follow vehicles and, and, and stuff like that. And there's a few, few little rigs. Um, but most of it is, you know, it's it's a bit more um yeah i don't know it is a bit but it does look it does look beautiful though it does look Thank you. stunning though so i mean i think well yeah, the ha- yeah, yeah i say I, that's probably 90 99% cornwall and i uh, 1% me 
I don't believe that's the bonus. The bonus of uh, shooting somewhere. It's very beautiful. Yeah, well, it, it, it's it's a good it's a good lesson actually. It's a good lesson for students, any students listening as well, just because it's um, locations are so important, yeah. just for you know, just to get the feel and the production value. And it was instant, uh, almost instant period detail for us, you know, because yeah, we, you know exactly. the film is loosely set late sixties, and uh, we don't we don't we don't don't put a rubber stamp on the date on the film anywhere but there's kind of a there's sort of a vibe to it i mean equally it could be you know if it weren't for the lack of mobile phones it could be now but um but it is yeah it is it's sort of set. and so cornwall sort of lended that and we we had a bit of vfx to do and sort of taking out a few road signs and whatnot but it was we were able to kind of choose very very carefully yeah and the film geek the film geek side of neil and i love the fact that they were that the one of the main houses we shot at where they're staying is the, the farm next door is where they shot straw dogs so we were oh, really? we were very happy about that little uh, and there we uh, yeah we you know there was the town nearby is the town in, in straw dogs and obviously in cornwall they they don't like straw dogs much for you know for for understandable reasons but but i uh, you know i love uh, straw dogs and, and peck and pass it was a nice felt like uh you know we were walking on hallowed ground you know yeah, wow! I'm I'm showing my ignorance there because I didn't even realise it was filmed in Cornwall. Yeah, they shot it all, all down Cornwall and um, yeah, right on the right on the uh, on the coast near St Berrien, which is uh, okay. not, not far from Penzance. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean it's, it's it's beautiful scenery down there. I mean that must have helped for the actors as well, just in terms of the period aspect, because it just it must feel like. I mean, I we you know I I holiday in Cornwall every pretty much every year with my with my family because we love it down there but it does it, it feels like you're in a different time i can give you the location map you know you can do uh yeah, i'd know, love to i do all the family a with tour. a uh you know <laughs> we'll do the wilderness tour and then do a screening afterwards with the kids <laughs> yeah 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 how are they <laughs> i can uh, i can make a pg version yeah do yeah do do, do me a, a cut down version yeah <laughs> but you know we um yeah it does it does let you know it 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 did. It was great for the actors, but I think also with the actors, we again, it, it all, it's all tying back into this kind of community theatre troupe sort of thing. But we, you know, that the actors all stayed together in in the house, the house where the party dinner scene is. Was in fact two of our main locations were were Airbnbs, and they were, you know, so I was able to contact them and say, say, oh, look, can I rent your Airbnb? But also, can can I come and have a conversation with you about filming? And we we lucked out that you know because they they just had really interesting details that we that we wanted and they were both just brilliant brilliant uh hosts you know for for doing that and so the actors all stayed in that space and they so they were in you know they were all you know sort of living living with each other for that bit and we did you know it was was kind of all kind of grouped together like that and it does help you know bring it in you know, no one was kind of shipped in for the day to to act on the core cast it was all everyone was in the same boat I think Airbnbs are definitely the future of locations for independent filmmakers as well. I mean, you can get some incredible locations yeah. through Airbnb for really reasonable prices. <laughs> yeah, it was, we, we lucked out with one of them because the, the one where the actor stayed was actually someone who worked at the university. We didn't know that until it was joined up. So she was, they were open to that. And they and then the um, the lady who owned the farm where we shot, where sort of John and Alice go and stay, she was great. And she'd, you know, years before she'd worked in the media industry stuff so she was kind of really you know she was sort of op- open to that and you know she really liked the film as well has been a you know good local champion of it of it since so she was um yeah she was she was 
Um, no, if it would have been a cameo-y kind of movie, we would we would have. But there's so few people in in the film. It's sort of it's a we wanted to keep that kind of isolation. You know, they're in this bubble, you know, and then the only time that people interact with them is when the bubble starts to sort of burst. Really, you know, the you know the you know the love is perfect until new people are introduced uh, at certain points because then they get to see how each other behave with with other people so um sort of yeah it's, i mean we don't even say it's cornwall in the film you know uh, it's sort of meant to be you know i mean i suppose if you think about it you know it's a in the late 60s that's a long drive from london to cornwall in the in the night but you know we have to so we always got to just say the coast <laughs> talk a little bit about the um about the scheme though because I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about that i mean you said that well there's two aspects i'd really like to know about i know that you you mentioned that there were there were only um four people on the set that had film experience so how many people did you actually have on set including all the people that were that were there learning well differently say so yeah there were going to be five heads of department so it was going to be set up so that you know we had um uh that was my you know myself uh neil uh, covering sort of writing, producing, directing. There was going to be director, director of photography, uh, sound recorder, sound recordist, and editor. Because we were going to do all the data wrangling on set, and Stephen, our editor, came. You know, because again, he just loves the camaraderie of it all, so he wanted, he didn't want to miss out. And so we uh, we knew we could do a good editing experience, uh, which has actually you know changed the way that the students do their editing, you know, and do their capturing of, of footage. You know, at the university, because they um they they learn they learn a different way through through Steve um of of sort of syncing rushes up immediately because we had one of the things we did was hire this Winnebago type thing which was served as both a little editing station, a place to make coffee, a place to keep warm, had a shower if we you know if we needed it if, you know to to get warm after being in the sea, and it had all these you know it was the best investment in our tiny budget. And so they were based in there, so we could, you know, we could download the rushes again. Losing the DP, obviously, then it became four people who'd only ever had experience. So that um, having the editing department on set was great because Steve has edited stuff with me for forever and knows how I shoot and he knows why I will have got something particular. So, and it, it was great that if I if I did miss something, which I'm sure I did many times by being distracted by DPing, directing and producing, that he was there, to, he'd pick it up in the van and we would, you know, be able to try and work through it. So it was, again, everyone sort of stepping up to sort of support that. So, so yeah, that was the sort of, that was the tree really. There were the heads of departments. Then under that we had uh, different second year students who were, you know, uh, in those departments. So, so they weren't, so it wasn't a sort of internship program where, we had 10 students on set every day and they, you know, ran cables and made coffee. That was not, we're not interested in that sort of scenario. What we wanted were people learning the real skills and recording sound. So if they were in the sound department, they were recording sound, they were booming. They are doing, and not just on the rehearsal, on the, on the first takes, they're doing the whole thing. You know, they're, they are, so the sound, you know, if they're, you know, the booming, it's like, if you make a mistake, that's, that's the take. You know, that's, this is the, this is the real film. You know, we're trusting you to do that so and people step up and people they, they do you give them that and you know but jem who's an amazing sound recordist you know there's 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 no adr in the entire movie you know even by the sea that's all jem's recording you know and, and you can hear the sea in it and it doesn't mean it's like you know but it's 
it feels real you know it is real it's nothing nothing you know, he was he was such he was so good at such a good teacher about it and so those students yeah they got that you know, really deep sound experience and, and from everything from really intimate scenes in, in 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 small rooms into you know recording on on sort of massive uh you know by, by the crashing waves you know standing on rocks you know booming down into the into the water so they got the full experience and again with the editing department they were in the you know they were in the truck with Stephen, doing the you know syncing up footage as we go so at the end of the night Steve and i could look at the rushes you know and start you know we watch stuff every night back at the house and then uh, yeah there were there were students who helped on sort of some of the production design a bit before the film some departments worked out better than others you know in terms of where people you know where you know we le- we learned a lot about expectations and i you know i i am uh, one of my you know i suppose one of my strengths and flaws in equal measure is you know, I, I have high expectations. Uh, you know, I want people to, to, to do stuff. So, um, uh, and so there, yeah, there was some. So we learned a lot about what departments worked and what didn't. And then we had some uh, students helping out in the camera department. You know, just you know, learning about that and learning about the just the way we shoot stuff with the different lenses and what we were doing there and and uh, working with again this guy Ryan. I found he you know he helped sort of take some of that teaching edge off for me you know and um and and work with the students and then we had a bunch of uh so we were, they were all second years we had a couple of third years who were no sorry a couple of master's students um who uh were doing script supervision and someone who sort of helped us do sort of first ading uh and then we had a bunch of first years who did different production assisting every day so they kind of alternated so we had two of them at least on on set every day uh on and off on and off and so yeah some some days it was quite small about there was about you know 13 of us and probably on the biggest day including visitors and stuff there were 35 people um to you know wrangle and feed and uh wow okay but that's that's brilliant though but so they, they they really got a true filmmaking feature filmmaking experience really well like you said it wasn't just that they were fetching coffee or sort of you know cable bashing it was just that they were they were actually living. No, i mean they were living that they were living the life the catering was excellent you know <laughs> <laughs> we probably had it too good i think um uh, but what about the um what about the funding mix as well because because i know i know that the it was partly funded by the uni but how did you how did you sort of balance that out with the private investment yeah so we had a, we had a couple of people you know um put in a little bit of private money just you know a grand here or there from from some uh, executive producers you know the classic executive producer credit you know um uh but you know uh, you know everyone sort of knowing what they're getting into and then we had we had a, a chunk of money from the university which was for the sort of education portion of it and that that you know we were you know it wasn't that was we were able to then just basically utilize the, that on the experience, you know, the logistics of getting everyone places and feeding people. And obviously by feeding people that took care of our catering budget for the film. And so there was lots of you know, cross pollination of, of that money. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the rest of the money and obviously that paid for cast and, and things like that to, to make the project, that side of the project happen. Uh, all the gear was mined. We didn't really have any gear costs. The university have a fantastic, you know, gear you know shop you know they have they've they've loads of stuff but when it came to it it was just you know what it's like you know your stuff and you know what works and you know what 
doesn't work and and but you know and i just having you know made stuff and still making stuff all the time i just i just had i had the gear and so you know we borrowed a couple of items but but, but mostly it was mine um because uh, also then i just knew that it was going to be there on the day you know <laughs> it's going to be there um and like a, another student didn't return and, and it's going like, to work no, it's going to work and, and someone didn't someone didn't drop it in the sea you know pre- previously but um but yeah that was so we we did think we'd have been using more equipment theirs but that that was simplified and then there was just other other sort of I mean, one of the reasons I set up my jazz club was was I wanted it to be a you know not that anyone gets into jazz clubs for for money, but as a venture and as a bar, you know, it washes its face. And when there's any spare money left, I use that as for creative projects. And so I, you know, I, I you know I invested back from you know from that company into into things we needed to pay for. So we re-recorded the music for the opening credits. We wanted this Ornette Coleman jazz track, and we knew that it would cost us a fortune. If we had to pay for the, you know, the master license for that track, but if we were just paying the publishing for the the, the written part of the track, it would be much cheaper. So some some friends who who do amazing Ornette Coleman stuff, they they came and they recorded, and that's the opening credits of the film as well as the recording of the music. So what you see on the opening credits is is that track being recorded in this kind of like you know jazz jazz club scene very abstract jazz club scene and so there were lots of ways in which yeah little pockets of money were dipped into over the years and the university were great in that when we had things down the line and we just you know we you know we needed oh uh, we got into a great festival in mexico we should get some spanish subtitles and they would you know they'd always chip in a bit extra or meet us halfway on on some of those costs because because the you know the currency of the film had done well uh, you know for them and you know so it was it was brilliant yeah uh, in that sense you know um you know we took the money and ran um but we we gave them something you know we gave them the best thing we could uh, out of it so i think it was as a pilot project um i think i mean it, it couldn't got it couldn't have gone any better from our, our point of view you know there were things that didn't work but that doesn't mean it, the project didn't go well it's just like well we we know now that that's not going to work we know now that you know, eighteen-year-olds get tired in a different way than <laughs> other people. You know, just all those things you forget about. You know what you what you're asking people to go through in a in a in a sixteen-hour day. It's all that stuff is was was the was the great learning curve for us. You know, it's absolutely an independent film in the truest sense as well. I love the 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 idea. I, I've I've always been a huge fan of the idea of just getting together with a group of people with the equipment that you have and just making something just being creative you know not having to necessarily i mean obviously you know there's a, there's obviously a place for for making films you know uh with full budgets and you know in the very traditionally professional way but i think there's something really liberating about being able to just say let's do this on a shoestring let's get people who are really into the project and just just kind of make it creatively for the sake of making the film and and keep that as the real focus and you know be be experimental and be um innovative with what we have available and you know make something great out of it yeah i think the most rewarding our most rewarding film experiences have been when we've not got hung up about what we're making and what it needs to be and just concentrated on the you know oh we have the opportunity to make something let's just make something you know no one's really looking at what we're doing. No one, no one cares what we make, you know. No. 
but you know it's it says like no one's you know no one's you know we don't have the pressure of being a, a, an established filmmakers where it's like you know you know we you know people are, are waiting on our, our next project so we we can just yeah we can make something and you know and learn from it and and, and it is what it is what it is yeah but but also i think in the last few years you know there's there's been there are more and more projects which prove that that there is um again i guess going back to the kind of cassavetes mold that there is a real place for filmmaking of that kind of independent style it's it's a really tricky thing as soon as as soon as the, the words student and film are put together expectations about that whatever you whatever you're doing expectations then change and we knew that that would affect in terms of the film festivals distribution and things so we we said to the university look it can't say that on the opening credits it can't say in partnership with Falmouth University School of Film and Television we can't do that we can't do that and they understood that they're really and they're brilliant about that and it says it at the end you know and they because they can shout where they need to shout about it is in different places that doesn't you know you know, it's 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 really good for them to to display a really interesting way of working that that no one's done. You know, so they they get it. You know, they, uh, and they were, and that was. I mean, that's a imagine that. You know, get, you know, saying to <laughs> saying to your investor, okay, yeah, yeah, give us give us half uh, of what we need, and uh, oh yeah, but we can't we can't tell we can't tell anyone you've given us the money um, until the very very end of the movie if people stay to the end of the credits, and that's and that's. The hats off to, to them really in understanding that how how the film would work and how that would change the film because the, the expectation would be that oh it's a student film it goes in this category whereas it's not it's a film it was a film made by professional filmmakers and it just happened to have a large crew of students who weren't students for that part you know for those 10 days they were they were crew and they were they were stepping up and i would say you could well the interesting thing to any, to any students who are listening you could draw a line down uh you know down between the students and the students that stepped up are now all working all the ones i know of are now all working in the in the industry and they learned something but you know they learned what they did and didn't like about it whether they wanted to be on set whether they wanted to be behind the scenes uh, and then the ones who just for them it was just another oh yeah oh, i just yeah i might do that thing that they're doing at half term you know <laughs> you know and there was there was a nonchalance it was amazing i mean i could, <laughs> but it was and that's that, that was another learning thing for us but though i don't know what's happened to those students so there is a you know it's it's all about stepping up and saying yes and you know once you leave once you leave university i mean i, I never went i don't know but I, I have the same thing from from sixth form college where i used to have access to gear and it felt so easy to just pick up cameras and make stuff with you and make make films and or do shows and get the theater and just book out the theater but once you leave that and you don't have those tools and you those friends you like making stuff with are now scattered across the country it's it's very you know, very different so you know use you know use <laughs> use those tools while while you have them and then find ways in which you're going to be able to access those sorts of things afterwards and and if that means you know volunteering on something and just saying yes to something and working on editing when you really want to be a cameraman because you'll be a better cameraman once you've been an editor and vice versa i still wear i still just edit i do a lot of documentary editing you know because it makes me a better filmmaker on the other end and sometimes i just do you know a, a different job on down the film line because it it kind of hones your skill and also it just makes you a much you know it just makes relationships much better when you can have a conversation with an editor 
when you know what you know when you know that the challenges they're facing and you know you can have a you have a one-on-one conversation particularly if you want to be a director i think you need to you need to need to have been in everyone's shoes just to have an understanding of 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 what their role entails and what what how far you can push it and what, what's possible what's not possible and like you said to be able to have those conversations but it really as a filmmaker i think you're right it's just it's it's really useful to have that experience and it, i think i'm sure it creates uh for most people a huge amount of empathy as well for the other other departments which wouldn't be there otherwise if you didn't understand what they did really yeah because when you when you make films on your own you're going to start doing you're going to start do you, know, you have to do all those things yourself anyway you know you're not going to have a a crew we really enjoy having a film that just kind of really divides the room a bit and um because that's that's the sort of you know, that's the fun thing about it for now you know um for sure you know when you, yeah. when you start having to make films and there's more people chipping in about what that film should be you know the more um you know uh, the, the less freedom you have and you know so it's quite nice to enjoy yeah. the, I would say to short filmmakers I said you know you, you know you're your own studio you have no one you know this is the time when you you don't have to conform in, in any way because you know but you, you'll later on you'll have to conform so enjoy the enjoy the freedom of of, of doing whatever you want now and and, and the, the other thing about the learning I mean the, the, the really nice thing about the learning on that and I hope and, and often I think when you're you know you know I think about being a sixth form student and i didn't appreciate things at the time you know i didn't appreciate my theater studies lecturer as much as i should have i wish i could go back to those classes and sit in them again uh but you know i I reflect back on them and i think i think there'll be a lot of reflection back on this experience and 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 hopefully when it you know and when it does come out it'll be interesting you know those students they were second year students they have a feature film credit on the front of a feature film that is now yeah. internationally distributed in the second year, going into the third year. Obviously, they they graduated now; they're they're all, all gone. But that's 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 pretty cool, you know. That's a big deal. I mean, how many students get that before they've left university? <laughs> Tell us how we can see it, because um, obviously it's 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 going to be much more widely available now. Yes, yeah, so um, we're coming out on. Uh, we haven't got the full schedule yet, uh, but it's we know it's UK and Ireland. It's coming out on April fifth. And that's going to be on, as far as we know, iTunes. You can pre-order it now on iTunes, please. Um, you can uh, you can see the little poster and watch the trailer. Uh, it's on iTunes. It'll be on Amazon, uh, Google Play. Uh, I think it's going to be on BT Boxes, on Sky Store. Um, you got you know you're going to be sick of it, to be honest. It's going to be it's going to be on every alg- every algorithm, you know. Um, and then uh, and then hopefully we and then it'll extend hopefully to the US and a few other territories. We, our music licenses sort of restrict us on a few places, but they're pretty open. Uh, we've also got, ended up with Spanish and French subtitles from from different festivals, so we've got some potentials for it to go there. But um, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah, please. We we didn't ever run a crowdfunder for it, you know. Um, at certain points, we we nearly did when we were trying to finish it or distribute it and things. And so you know. A pre-order. This is our this is our crowdfunder. Go go pre-order it and uh, you know throw a few few coins. I think we get two cents every time someone watches it. So, uh. <laughs> well, I, I think through, just through word, word of mouth alone, it's gonna it's gonna get seen a lot just because it's um it's a it's a I say again it's I mean it's a it's a beautiful film. It's a lovely looking film. It's um the performances are really great and it it does capture that the not not only the beauty of um. Of the surroundings like we talked about but also the kind of the, the beauty and the trials and tribulations of 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 that those kind of periods in a relationship 
um, and yeah, and it, it, it just works really. It's, it's. I, I loved it. I thought it was really elegant. Oh. So, I'm. Uh, I mean, we're certainly. Gonna, I'm going to certainly going to push it as much as I can. And and uh, yeah, I just. I just think through word of mouth, you're 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 definitely going to get it um, out there to a, a much wider audience now that it's becoming much more widely available. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to to watching it again and to telling everyone I know about it. We're going to leave it there, uh, Justin. Um, it's lovely to speak to you. Anyway, just because I haven't spoken to you for 13 years, so it's great to finally have <laughs> yeah, a catch great up. To... Yeah, no, absolutely. Did, I, and, did um... I owe you a tenner? I can't remember. No, someone <laughs> must have been someone else that year. <laughs> yeah. And I hope you do do film stuff again because I really wanna, I really wanna come come along to another another one of those. I only found out that it had been relaunched after the 12th one had gone, and um, I, I imagine you were going to do another one, but COVID hit. I imagine we, that was we, the plan, or maybe we, no, not. No, we or... weren't going to do one the year after. We we um. Because Neil's writing a book at the moment, and um, yeah, I just I just had another baby, and that, that in fact that baby arrived on the first night of the festival, so that was a whole different experience. <laughs> experience. Wow! Uh, and so there's there's been all of that, and just yeah, sort of things are changing. So yeah, Neil's yeah Neil's got his head down writing at the moment. We and we also say, well, let's not get trapped into where when it happens. It doesn't have to be annual or, or whatever. It'll we'll just know when it falls. But yeah, Film Stock Thirteen will will be a will be a thing you can find that on twitter that's the only place it sort of really exists at the moment um uh because uh yeah there's nothing more to say at the moment than there it will be there but uh yeah you you will have to come and uh oh, i'll definitely be there i'll definitely be there i'm just down the road from you now in fact so oh, where are you now? Be where are you now i'm in st albans oh. now so yeah easy to get to easy leave. peasy yeah <laughs> <laughs> justin thanks for talking to us thanks for giving your time and talking Thank to you us so about much. wilderness 